This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Had several text messages, by the way, about the article I was going through in regards to the, uh, basically the, make sure I say this correctly, 13 life skills that I talked about earlier when you're not, a, you know, you're not truly adult if you don't have these 13 life skills. Somebody actually text, texted and said the last one, which of course is critical thinking, that if you had it, the rest of these sort of fall into place. I cannot disagree with that. In fact, 13 or 14, by the way, number 14 is critical thinking and problem-solving skills, should actually be number one. Now, I will say that sometimes to get people to think critically and problem-solve, you have to have them do that. So maybe that's why, in this particular case, they put it last. I don't know if there's any particular order, by the way, to this list. It was interesting that this list was on msm.com, msn.com. On top of that, I got a notification a minute ago. I I don't really know where this came from, email, that there's a teacher, and I don't know this individual, so this is not me plugging anyone that I know or anything along those lines, Highlands Ranch. There's a fix-it lab at Mountain Vista High School. And there's actually a teacher there. I'll say his name because it's public here in in an article here locally. Teacher David Larson started the home and apartment repair class after he noticed computer and technology classes edging out more traditional shop classes. So, David, if you're listening, by the way, thank you. These are the things that we need more of. These type of classes, in my opinion, teach critical thinking skills. When you teach young people how to problem solve, you are teaching them how to have critical thinking skills. And, and, and I also will say, and I say this a lot, but I want to make sure I say it. I think the term critical thinking skills triggers a lot of people because they think, well, you're teaching someone to be critical. That's not what that terminology is. Critical thinking skills means you can take a problem, walk through the different scenarios of what might have even created said problem, and how do you solve that problem? That's what we mean when we say critical thinking skills. You're thinking critically about something as a way to solve that problem. It's not that you're critical of someone. It's that we're looking at a problem critically, and how do you find the problem to that? So I think, I I don't know how else we would, you know, Charlie, I don't know how you would rename that to something less triggering 
Because I know there's a lot of people that immediately say, well, you, you know, we need better critical thinking skills. And they immediately think, well, aren't we, have, aren't we critical enough in this world? We don't need any more of that. That's not what the term means. It's kind of one of those things where because of its connotation in that one word, you could just say we need more thinking skills. But that's not it either because you're not just thinking. You are critically looking at certain things in a way to solve said problem. And we – analytical, thank you, Charlie, better word. Analytical thinking skills. That would be a, probably a better word than critical. But the term in the business world is critical thinking skills. Analytical works very well, Charlie. Thank you for that. Now, in this particular situation, the Fix-It Lab at Mountain Vista High School, they're doing that. So thank you, by the way. In his class, students have spent the semester learning – uh, things that homeowners, you know, that they will help them as homeowners. Wiring, electrical boxes, drywall, plumbing, maintenance, repair skills. A lot of things, by the way, that I talk about on Fix-It Radio on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10. These are the things that he's teaching these young people. Thank you, by the way. I don't know this teacher, but thank you, Mr. Larson. I'm very impressed. I didn't think we were doing that any longer in schools today. We need more of that, by the way. We need, in, in this just Denver metro area, we need 100 Mr. Larsons, if not more. In fact, I feel like every school today should have some of that. A lot of homeschool kids, by the way, are getting that, especially if they've got someone around the house that knows how to do some of those things. I'm still amazed at the lack of life skills that we do not pass down to the next generation. What do I mean by life skills? How do you change a tire? How do you know when your car is not running well? How do you change a set of wiper blades? In this case, how do you re- how do you put a light switch in? How do you unplug a toilet? Do you know how to use a plunger properly? We can go down the list. I mean, I could be here for the next hour, you know, rattling off the things that we just don't pass down any longer. You know, how I, I think I told you guys this story one day. I was doing some things around the house, and I'm fiddling around with this, that, or the other, and I'm having to make something work because I didn't have the right thing to actually make it work. And my wife looks at me, and she's like, how did you learn how to do all of this? And I was really puzzled at the question because I just assume everybody knows how to do this. So I looked back there. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, how did, how did you – who taught you how to do these things? And I said, I, I don't know. I guess just being raised by you know, my dad and my uncles and my grandfather even and grandfathers, plural, and watching a lot of other folks that had the ability to mentor me through – you know." you know, mechanics and things along those lines, I guess you, I don't know, you just picked it up. And I didn't really have a direct answer because I didn't have one single person. Yes, my father did a lot to teach me these things as a young boy because I watched him do a lot of these things and I absorbed everything I watched. But on top of that, it wasn't just him, but a lot of other people that I was able to be around. And I don't have any one person outside of my dad and uncle that I can just look at and say, yeah, that person taught me X, Y, Z. There was lots of people through the years. I had electrician friends. I had plumbing friends. I had roofer friends. I go down the list. I mean, I had all sorts of different people that I was able to be, you know, rub elbows with in the world like I wasn't having auto shops to where you worked on a lot of different vehicles of a lot of different folks in the world. I was exposed to a lot of things that a lot of people don't get exposed to, including... Satellite builders at Ball Aerospace, you know, rocket people. I mean, you know, you know rocket scientist type people. I'm getting at. You know, I, keep in mind, I, I I grew up in a world where 
IBM Storage Tech, Exabyte, a lot of those big companies that went on to do big, huge things, and some of them eventually failed. But there was a lot of startups and incubator-type incubator things in Boulder back in those days where I met all sorts of people along the way, including you know restaurateurs and so on that did all sorts of things. Uh, was very familiar with the folks that started Crocs back in the day. I mean, on and on we go. A lot of those things were around the entire Boulder area at that time, and I was very fortunate to be exposed to a lot of different people that I was able to just even just have short 10, 15, 30-minute conversations with where I learned all sorts of things. And, of course, the other thing I would do is, you know, if a person like that needed a ride back to work or back to their home, I had shuttle drivers that could do it, but sometimes just so I could learn, I'd hop in the car. I would drive them home or I would drive them back to the office. You'd be surprised how much you could learn from a rocket scientist in 15 minutes. I know some of you are thinking, how can you learn anything in 15 minutes? You'd be shocked. I could learn a lot. And you guys know me. I'm the type to just continually probe and ask questions and ask questions. So on those rides where somebody's dropping off their car for service and you're taking them back to work or home, you can learn a lot of things. Sometimes I'd even drive a little bit slower to learn more. Sometimes you'd pull into the parking lot, you'd be in a conversation. It might last five or ten minutes longer because, by the way, they didn't mind sharing it because they enjoyed it as well. It was a relationship that got built, and I was able to glean and learn from it, and I hope I was able to teach them some things as well to where it was a mutual relationship. But I learned a lot during those years. So point being, we're not doing that with our young people. And for a lot of you listening that are older like me, I'll just throw a question out to each one of you. Are you doing that today? Do you have young people in your life that you're mentoring and helping to expose to some of the things that you know? And I'll just say it straight up. If you don't, find one or find a group of them. You know, We all run around as business owners and complain about the fact that there's a lack of these individuals running around, but I'm going to throw back to a lot of you. Are you helping them, or are you just part of the problem? Are you creating a solution through even what you do in your business world, your community, the people that you rub elbows with? Are you passing some of that knowledge down, or do you just sit around and complain about it that we just don't have enough people to do those things? Let's be the prior and help the next generations and not just be the latter that sits around and complains about it. I'll leave you with that before we go to break. Kevin Flesh is up next. Another individual, by the way, I've learned a lot from over the years. I mean that sincerely. Kevin, if you're listening, I've learned so much from you over the years. I, I cannot tell him, you know, individually. He'll be with us next Wednesday, by the way. But I cannot tell you how much I've learned from him over the years. From my time one-on-one to just the time we have on air here together at times, which he's going to join us next Thursday or next Wednesday, I should say, from 4.30 on till we're off air at 6.00. Kevin is one of those folks you can rub elbows with and learn a lot from. His number, 303-806-8886. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. 
Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. All right, Kane, our home transitions. Another group of ladies, by the way, that I've learned a lot from when it comes to real estate. That's KNR Home Transitions. Find them today at klzradio.com. worried about your parents living in that house as they get older. So now you really need Catherine and Robin of K&R Home Transitions by your side. Cat and Robin are passionate about helping adult children and their parents as they both had to painfully go through the process with their own parents. Cat and Robin can assist you as much or as little as you need, and they will partner with you to sell the house for the highest price possible in the shortest time. Whether it's estate sales, open houses, cleaning and decluttering, photos and marketing, probate and paperwork, or transitioning to living in a multi-generational home, whew, that's way too much work for one person. Kat and Robin are senior real estate specialists, certified living in place professionals, chartered advisors for senior living, and certified home stagers among their many certifications. Visit klzradio.com home to see their work and schedule a no-strings-attached free consultation with Kat and Robin. All right, Alan Davis, uh, Level Engineering. We've learned a lot of things from Alan, by the way, when it comes to solar, what works, what doesn't, how do you figure it. He can do the same for you, 303-378-7537. Alan Davis with Level Engineering knows that the power company is not your friend, that they don't have your best interests at heart. Aside from getting your power back on during an outage, they do three ugly things. First, they install a smart meter on your home to charge you surge fees up to 300% during peak times. Next, they use some of your money to lobby public utility commissions to increase your bill. The power company tries to squeeze money out of you everywhere they can, but Alan Davis has the answer for you. Solar power will allow you to produce your own energy and get the power company out of your wallet. Call Alan Davis of Level Engineering to rid you and your family of the greedy power company and take a major step towards energy independence. You just need to reach out to Alan by going to klzradio.com solar for a free, no obligation consultation. Genesis 1-3 Electric, if you've got any upgrades you want done, including a full panel replacement, they can do all of that for you. And if you have an electrical problem, please give them a call. Genesis 1-3 Electric, klzradio.com. Genesis 1-3 Electric is on a mission to make your home electrical panels safe. Denver is home to many outdated electrical panels due to changes over the years in the electrical codes. And if your panel is made by certain specific manufacturers, you need a replacement unit ASAP. These obsolete panels are against the new Colorado Electrical Code because they are prone to malfunctions that can lead to fires in your home. Or if you've been experiencing things like flickering or dimming lights, breakers tripping more than usual, or receptacles that don't work, you need to call Genesis 1-3 Electrical for an inspection today. The team at Genesis 1-3 will provide the proper installation for your home and they will educate you on everything you need to know about your new up-to-code electrical panel. 
KLZ has vetted and highly recommends Genesis 1-3 Electrical to keep your home safe and sound. Contact Dustin at Genesis 1-3 Electrical today at klzradio.com slash light to learn about special listener discounts. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Lines open. Got a segment left before we bring Scott Garlis on. 303-477-5600. And a few of you have asked me about this today, That if I'd seen this. I guess because it's just so idiotic. How could I miss it? Well, I didn't because you all made me aware of it. I probably would have otherwise because I don't necessarily go to 9 News every day. But on 9 News' website, the defense... In the Coles theft case, these are a pair that were dubbed the KitchenAid Mixer Crew because of the pricey kitchen appliance that was included in the theft. But the defense in this case argues for lesser charges because the items were on sale. So a jury has convicted two men of felony theft for stealing several items from a Coles store in Parker. This in and of itself wouldn't be headline news. It's the legal defense that makes the news. Michael Green and Byron Bolden were sentenced after a three-day trial in early December. Green will serve 15 months in prison, and Bolden, who was sentenced to 90 days in jail with credit for time served as a condition of an 18-month probation. The pair were dubbed the KitchenAid Mixer Crew because of the price of kitchen appliances. Along with brand name shoes, clothing, and investigators identified the two through surveillance images. Prosecutors said the items stolen totaled $2,094. That's important because the cutoff line between a misdemeanor theft and a felony theft in Colorado was $2,000. The legal argument by the defense was that these two individuals basically stole merchandise that was on sale. So if you took the sale price, it would be below the $2,000 threshold, which is a Class 6 felony conviction. At the end of the day, we prosecutors argued that it didn't really matter if the items were on sale or were discounted. Those discounts and sale prices should apply to paying customers only, not thieves. Which, by the way, I agree with. Mr. and Mrs., whoever you are, prosecutors, Mr. and Miss, whatever. The DA's office said the value that matters in court is the retail price, not a sale or coupon or other discount. The jury agreed with the prosecutor's argument and convicted both men of a Class 6 felony. Now, this is what's interesting. I think we finally have gotten to a stage, in this case especially, where the jury just says, you know what, this is a bunch of nonsense. We're all paying higher prices because of you guys running around stealing from the rest of us. You're not just stealing from the store, you're stealing from all of us. And you are, or they are, I should say. And the jury basically said, we don't care if it was on sale or not. We're done. We're, we're fed up. We're sick and tired of prices increasing. That's part of the cause of inflation is the shrinkage, we call it, in the retail industry. Because of that shrinkage, prices go up as well. Even Jordan Goodman, yesterday, being somebody from the left, admitted that there's a lot of shrinkage across the country, and it's part of the problem with inflation as well. So, again, Jordan's coming around to our side more and more because he looks at that part of it the same way we do. So when we talk about retail theft, this is in the article, it's not just somebody stealing shoes for their son or their daughter, Ross said. The cases we see involve people taking five, six, ten pairs of jeans, clothing, shirts, shoes, and often end up on the black market. This is not for personal use. This is often used for resale value. We really want to stop this. 
Yes, we do. Because it does, at the end of the day, cost all of us more money. Prices go up. We all pay. And at the end of the day, it is costing each and every one of us money. I've told you guys stories of different times where I have... I guess it's just because who I am. I throw myself in the middle of some of these things, and maybe I shouldn't, and some of you have chastised me for doing so. I just can't stand, I guess because I've been in retail and own my own businesses for so long, that theft like this just rubs me the wrong way. I absolutely can't stand it. It just grinds on me. And if I knowingly am watching somebody try to steal something, yes, I will try to stop it. And yes, I have. There's been other times where I'm kind of the guy that, well, maybe the wife or whoever is shopping, and I may not be super interested in what's going on. I may actually stand off to the side, and there's times where I've been in a situation where I think some of the people in the store think you're kind of the security dude. You know, you're kind of standing there watching what everybody else is doing, and they kind of think of you as a security guy. There's been times where I have literally watched people that I know were going to steal something, didn't, because I was standing there giving him the stink eye. Like, don't you think about taking that off the rack and putting it in your pocket because I'm watching. I'm here to tell you, if more of us did that, there'd be less theft. I think we've also gotten to a point where so many people just don't want to get involved, so they'll just sit idly by and watch it happen. And, of course, all these stores have policies because of their insurance and whatever else they've got where they can't do anything. But you've all seen videos where that, that lone citizen stands in the doorway and doesn't let the shopping cart go out the door because they know it's full of stolen product. That'd be me. I would be that guy. I, I'm not going to allow it. Because at the end of the day, it costs me money. And I'm tired of paying that bill. Now, again, some of you will say, well, John, then you know, you're, you're going to end up in trouble and you're the one that you know, will end up with the you know, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I chased some guys out of Home Depot one day, stealing a bunch of Milwaukee stuff. Charlie's shaking his head at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. I, 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 again, because I know at the end of the day, it's costing all of us, myself included, more money. It's a bunch of nonsense, and we have to stop it, because if we don't, it's going to continue on. So in this particular case, prosecutors, or prosecutors won. Defense didn't really have any defense. Jury said, we don't care if the items were on sale or not. Lame defense, by the way. Tell your guys to go and get a job. That's what I would have said. As a, if I was a foreman on the jury, I would have said, you know what? Go tell your guys to get a real job. Quit stealing. Get a real job. There's plenty of them out there, by the way. All right, I'll close with that. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. Again, do I feel like Levi feels the same way about this I do? Yes. Hi-Fi Plumbing, they're there to do a good job, not take advantage of you, take care of you. I highly recommend them. If there's anything you need plumbing-wise, give them a call today, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. When temperatures plummet, the risk of water pipes freezing skyrockets. And Hi-Fi Plumbing can help you prevent it. If you've noticed water dripping anywhere around your house, especially on the exterior walls, it's imperative that you have it checked now. Once the outside temperatures drop below 30 degrees, you are risking damaged pipes. Once the temps drop below 30 degrees, you're risking damaged pipes, making a small fix something way bigger. This is especially true for pipes on exterior walls, in crawl spaces, at spigots, and even where most people forget. Down floor drains. High Five has several ways to prevent and fix freezing pipes permanently. 
From insulating your pipes better to moving them off exterior walls or adding heated tape to prevent freezing, the Colorado Code certified techs at High Five know what to look for to keep your water flowing. KLZ listeners receive a waived service fee. Just tell High Five that John Rush sent you when you contact them at klzradio.com slash plumbing. All right, Ridgeline Auto Brokers, if you're looking for a new used car, they're the place to call. They've got you covered, and if they don't have something, they'll do their best to find it. RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. A lot of you texting in, by the way, and I appreciate that very much. Keep uh, doing that. I know a lot of you are busy. You don't always have the opportunity to call in, but the text line is there for that very reason. And a lot of you will even send me things outside of our on-air time, and you're more than welcome to do that as well. The text line, 307 200 Scott Garlis joining us now. Scott, how are you today, sir? Hey, Sean, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you joining us, Porter Research and Company. And folks, uh, Scott, tell folks, I should say, what's the website to go to to find you? Yes, uh, porterandcompanyresearch.com. And there's another really easy way people can follow some of my thoughts and stuff. If you go to Twitter, well, I just call it X now, you can just look up C. Scott Garlis, follow me, and you'll get alerts whenever I put something out. Perfect. All right. I appreciate it. Okay. I don't know if it's good news, bad news. It just is news. The Fed... Met and I keep telling everybody, and I predict that we're going to see. I I I'm surprised that the Fed even said this. I've predicted here now for a month or so that we'll see. I believe three rate cuts by the time we get to the middle of the year, and I think it'll accumulate to about a full point. I predict two quarter points and a half. In what you know, in what direction do those happen? I think it'll be two quarters and then a half. Uh, I could be very you know, wrong in that. It could be a quarter, a half, a quarter. It could be three quarters. Scott, I don't have a crystal ball, but I kind of figured this would be coming. And what you, or I should say, what we heard today from the Fed kind of goes along with that, right? Well, totally. Um, 
So, yeah, I would we tend to agree with you that when rate cuts start, they'll probably go easy at first and start with a quarter, and then they'll pick it up if they have to. Um, and what I would point back to is the way the rate hike started. Okay. Um, the rate, they started with, you know, a quarter, a quarter, and then all of a sudden it was, hey, we got to start raising rates at, at three quarters of a point um, for three consecutive meetings. But, you know, again, we, we have discussed this time and again, and anybody that hasn't listened or, hasn't listened or anybody that hasn't, you know, one of the things we've been talking about was the Fed was too late getting started in this process, yeah. and now they, they've probably stayed too long. And why I think that's important, going back to what you were talking about with a quarter, a quarter, a half, possibly, is that the Fed was slow when it started and it underestimated the strength of inflation to the upside. Mm-hmm. And, and I think now, on the back end of this, they are going to underestimate the rapid deceleration or Agreed. the potential deflation process on the downside. So they may not go fast enough at first. And that's why I think that we're probably going to see more rate cuts than what the Fed is guiding for right now in 2024. I, I agree, by the way. And I, I again, you watch this far more closely than I do. You've got a better idea on this. And there's other data that actually I think would support what both you and I uh, see, I mean, I, I look at it more on just the realistic side of things. You know, what's really going on on Main Street? What are people seeing when it comes to their ability to spend and feed their families and so on? And the reality is there's been a huge downturn on that end of things. Now, it may not seem like that to a lot of people because folks are supplementing with credit cards and so on. And I do believe the Fed's looking at that yep. credit card debt now being at an all-time high. Percentage rates on those are just a killer for some people. Uh, you know, the average, you know, you know this, Scott, better than I, the average is probably somewhere in the mid-20s of what people are paying on their credit card debt. Yeah. It's enormous. Unless the Fed does something and that's why I think they will. Unless they do something to lower basic rates, you won't see those rates come down. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, so, yeah, a couple of things we can look at. I like to crunch data and just look at, you know, past precedent, right. what happened in the past and how that's going to play out now. You know, you look at things like if you go back to every rate hike cycle since 1981, the average time from when the Fed stopped, raising rates to when it started to make its first rate cut it's six months right you know and that's that's skewed by the i want to say it was you know 12 months in 20 2006 but right now we're at four months so based on the average amount of time it typically goes before it cuts yeah you're you're, you're talking about two more months which would put us into february basically right and the feds the feds cutting rates um yeah i mean i think what's going on people have run out of excess covid savings not mm-hmm. everybody but i think a people, lot have it's yeah especially low income that's right you know, middle income seeing this more and so they're spending more on credit cards like you said and the problem with that is those people probably aren't thinking about the financial consequences which are they have they now have higher interest payments and that's eating more into their discretionary income yep. than if they hadn't spent on yep. credit cards at all. See, I, I so, also think, Scott, and this is something I wanted to get you to weigh in on, I think, to your point, that's exactly what these people are doing. And I think the Fed knows that. They're not that dumb. And I think the Fed could see that, wait a minute, if we don't help these people, and I'm sorry that that's the terminology, but if we don't help these people get a better grasp on their personal credit card debt, we could see a tsunami 
of bankruptcies because these people will, you know, it's easy for them to get out of that through a bankruptcy. That's why the credit card companies keep those rates high because they know there's a certain amount of default. Well, I think the Fed also looks at that and said, wait a minute, time out. If we don't get these things back down to a manageable uh, let's face it, there's a big difference between 16 to 18% on your credit card versus 25 28%, and the Fed knows that, and it's not all, you know this as well, it's not relative. In other words, if the Feds drop a point, that doesn't mean they come down 10 points. The Fed knows they've got to do some things to move that down, or the credit, company, the credit card companies won't. Yeah, and just to sort of put the numbers around exactly what you're talking about, you know, that's, that's the kind of jump we've seen since 2021 before this started, to now in terms of the credit card interest payment. And let's, let's say you're making $70,000 a year. You know, your numbers are you're not saving a lot, and you're putting $200 toward your credit card bill every month, and you're, you have the average household debt of $10,000 in credit cards or in credit card debt. You know, you're, that interest rate jump, to your point, you could have gotten out of that debt by making a $200 payment in six years. Now it will take you about 12 years. Right. And you will pay you will pay. Your, your total amount of interest you would have paid has gone from like six thousand to fourteen thousand dollars. That's on top of the ten thousand dollars you got to pay back. Correct. That is that's devastating economically. So where we've seen some of these types of things start to show up is the Atlanta Fed puts out a tracker of GDP or a guesstimate of where GDP is going to go. They call it GDP now. Back in October when we got the third quarter results of five point two percent economic growth. Their initial estimate for fourth quarter was 2.3%. That number is down to 1.2% now. And I got a pretty good feeling it's going to be sub 1% hmm. before we get to the final number. Hmm. Interesting. Um, along those lines, I want to get yep. your feeling on this, you know, credit card debt, where consumer spending's at, and so on. And, and again, I, I – Wonder at times what does the Fed really think and how do they look at things, but they've got to know that if people are spending that much money on interest alone, the only body really benefiting from that, economically speaking, are those financial institutions. Now, does some of that money still funnel back into the economy? I guess, Scott, you could say in a way it probably does, but it's not as direct as if you do what you just said a moment ago and you're able to basically take interest away from what the consumer has to spend, and that can now go directly back into the economy. I've got to believe the Fed is looking at some of that more heavily, knowing that, well, maybe we don't have the jobless numbers where we want it, and maybe inflation isn't down as low as we'd like, but if we don't do something about what's going on, we're going to literally have a tsunami of bankruptcies. And these people, by the way, will be right back where they started from if we're not careful. That's totally right. Um, Yeah, I mean, so... If you can get things like that down, and look what we're seeing in gas prices, you know, and that's a big part of that is because Wall Street is worried about what's going to happen to the economy. So, you know, they're shorting oil or selling you know, the oil they own, and we're seeing, you know, oil prices are back below $70 a barrel. Right. They were up in like 90 bucks back in Correct. September. That's better than, you know, a tax cut because. That money not spent the pump. That, that's that's right. Money that's direct. That's direct. Yeah. That's right. I mean that that is not only a you know lesser money coming out of your your paycheck, which by the way that takes time. The the lower prices at yep. the pump, Scott, as you know, I mean that is a immediate relief, literally from week to week for for most folks. Yeah, but that's it's actually doing the Fed a big favor and the government a big favor too. Now, one of the other things that is interesting to me. Uh, well, that's important, and the Fed is looking at now. They, they they haven't talked about this a lot in a while. They haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Is the real Fed funds rate? 
And what that is is the federal funds, the effective federal funds rate, which is more or less the middle of the target range. Okay. So that's 5.33% right now. And what you do is you subtract the inflation number from that right. to figure out where real interest rates are. Okay. So at the lows last March, that number was negative 8.2%. That means inflation is growing, you know, 8.2%. Interest rates aren't weighing on inflation at all. Inflation is growing 8.2%. Mm. So now we're up to the highest level we've seen since 2006, I believe. And we're at 2.2%. So what that means is interest rates are now to a level where they are weighing on inflation growth. And so then, you know, another thing I looked at is I modeled out, you know, over the last three months, that's sort of when I feel like we're starting to see what the right. economy is really doing because COVID money's gone. Right. We've seen inflation growth average less than 0.2% a month. Mm. So I modeled those numbers over the next 12 months. And even if the Fed cuts interest rates four times between now and next November, that real Fed funds rate would still be at 2%. I see. That means it's still weighing on inflation growth. And so to me, and I think the Fed looks and thinks about it the same way, it tells them they have room to cut interest rates 100 basis points. Without inflation you know, ramping way back up again, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. And they're still weighing on inflation. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, and by the way, I think as much as I don't like those guys, and I feel like they were way, way, way behind the curve, and by the way, I think they still are right now. You and I have talked about this. I think we should have already had, number one, I don't think the last two increases needed to be there. They, they could have taken that half a point and not done anything with it and just let things ride out. In turn, I think by the end of the year, this particular meeting, I think they should have taken a half a point out of it. They're not going to. They're not going to do it that way. They're very, very, very slow to respond to these things and you know whether that's right wrong or otherwise well it's wrong because they were they were way too late coming to the game in the first place and i think they're too late now again question i have for you is are they so late now that it's going to have a negative impact as we go through the first two quarters of next year I, I, yes it's going to weigh on economic growth okay definitely will. we could be looking at a recession by the middle of next year the okay. question will be or by the time second quarter numbers come out which probably be july the question will be, how deep of a recession is it, or did they get by by the skin of their teeth? Um, I don't, you know, when I hear Janet Yellen go on TV and go all over the place, and she's trying to be really optimistic and say we're going to avoid it, I, I get really skeptical. Agree. Because to me, I think, you know what? They see the data, they know what's going on. They're saying, oh shoot, we messed up, and they're trying to go massage their messages all yep. over the place because. Yep. They don't. They don't want to take the blame. Agreed. They want to say, "I don't know what happened." Yeah. Agreed. But so I, I think it's going to be a problem. When's their next meeting, by the way, Scott? Uh, their next meeting is it's typically in January, by the way. Uh, usually around the end of the month. That's what I thought. So they have, yeah. So it's eighty year. It's two every quarter, and they usually have like a one month gap. Yeah. One in the first month of the quarter, one in the second, third uh, month. I and again, I, I, by the way, I think you're correct, and I could see depending upon how things roll along here, I you you may very well see a quarter point cut in January. Yeah, it's that would be that only, would be only reason I say that, Scott, is because yeah. at that point people are gonna really see what did they spend on Christmas. I don't think Christmas is gonna be as large as maybe even some predict. We know Black Friday wasn't. I think the same thing will carry through the holiday season. I think that's gonna be a sign to the Fed that wait a minute, things have slowed way more than we even thought. We better cut things back a quarter point. 
Yeah, I think that's right. Um, what I also thought was really interesting today, listening to Jerome Powell <laughs> read the press conference announcement and then talk for a lot of reporters, mm-hmm. he said a couple things. He, he noted that the economy had slowed down significantly, and he said we're either at or almost done raising rates. He said we're, we're pretty much there. He said we just left the language of we can raise rates further just to make a couple people happy in the case. But he basically said we're, we're not raising rates anymore. He said the next, the next move is probably a cut. Okay. All right. Scott, with that, I know you're not feeling super well. I appreciate you still taking time to join us. Porter and Company Research.com is the place to go. Scott, again, I appreciate it. You've got all sorts of information there, and I really thank you for your time, sir. Hey, John. Always enjoy the conversation. Thank hey, you. Hey, man, get to feeling better, Scott. Appreciate you. Thanks. You bet, man. Have a great night. Affordable interest mortgage is next. Kurt's going to be with us, by the way, tomorrow. We've got several things we're going to talk about in regards to some of the things even we just talked to with Scott as far as how that affects mortgages and the housing market. In the meantime, Kurt's number is 720-895-0500. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Home of the original Asset Manager Loan, where you pay less interest and own your home faster, pay off your debt and save six to nine hundred a month, have access to your equity for thirty years. Call seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred now. We listen and promise to do our best for you. Take AIM, affordable interest mortgage. Seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. Over twenty years of low rates, outstanding service, and number one at putting you first. Let us show you how our experience saves you money. 720-895-0500. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. And if you've got specific financial questions, Al Smith, who is with me at 3 o'clock, is your guy locally. He's licensed here and Wyoming both, and he's here to help you with your financial planning. Talk to him today, klzradio.com or 303-744-1128. Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows how vital it is to plan today so you can maximize what you have tomorrow. The years pass faster as we age. And if you're in your 50s and you're still letting your employer manage your plan, you need to schedule a no-obligation meeting with Al to make sure you're on track. Al will take your goals, wants, and needs and create a comprehensive plan you can depend on. Make it your New Year's resolution to take control of your retirement, to maximize your opportunities in retirement, This is the right time for a fresh look at your retirement plan with Al Smith and his 30 years of financial experience. If you're over 50 and don't have a retirement advisor, or if you need a new perspective, contact Al today by going to klzradio.com slash money, schedule your free no obligation consultation and see what Al and Golden Eagle can do for you. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning, make sure you're dialed in when it comes to your heat. And if you're having any kind of issues, noises, smells, you name it, give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com. 
Cub Creek Heating and AC installs high-efficiency furnaces, saving you money and keeping your home warmer all winter. High-efficiency furnaces use significantly less energy and effectively produce more heat in less time. That means 90 to 98% of the fuel used is converted to heat in your home, compared to 56 to 70% on a standard furnace. Not only will it save you at least 10% on your utility bill, but it will heat your home more consistently. The unit is smart enough to not force air through the system, which can create hot and cold zones in your home, as you notice with older furnaces. The Texas Cup Creek will help you make sense of government incentives that are available with these furnaces. The Ream Pro Partners at Cub Creek can typically have a high-efficiency furnace installed in a day. And financing is available, so reach out to Hunter and Doug today by going to klzradio.com slash HVAC to learn more. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. I do appreciate it very much. Continuing on with talking earlier about theft and what happened at the coal store and the thieves there and the sentencing, sentencing they received from the jury, I have a list of the top 10 most commonly stole items at Walmart, who loses, by the way, estimates of about $6 billion a year in product. That's with a B. Huge amount. And again, all of that costs all of us money. And I want to make sure I re- reiterate to people, too, that in a lot of cases, these are not down-and-out people that steal things to feed their kids. In most cases, these are very professional thieves that go in and steal items to go resell on the black market, which I should also mention, if you're buying things that you know are at a far, far reduced price on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, or what have you, most likely they're stolen. Period. If you're buying name brand products at a huge discount, half of what you normally would pay, they've stolen. Plain and simple. So, by the way, stop doing that because you're just helping promote this. Not saying somebody else won't buy it, but again, that's what's happening. And proof is in the things that are stolen, by the way. Number one, cosmetics. Now, I've never known somebody to go in and steal cosmetics because they were trying to feed their family unless they're going out and trying to sell these things later, which, again, they're just a professional thief if they do that. Lipstick, lip gloss, mascara, eyeliner, compacts, and hair dye. In fact, a lot of stores now, that stuff's starting to get locked up because it's very expensive if you haven't noticed. Number two, this one's pretty easy, small electronics and accessories, watches, headphones, smartphones, phone cases, chargers, batteries. Those things get stolen on a regular basis. Toys. This one kind of surprises me other than they take these thing, these, these, they take these out, by the way, and resell them. Nido, which I have no idea what that is. Shows you how much out of tune I am with things, Charlie. I don't know what N-E-E-D-O-H, Nido. Noodlies, don't know what that is either. Hot Wheels, now that one I understand. Pokemon cards. UGO cards. Do you know what that is, Charlie, by, by chance, by the way? UGO cards? I, I don't know what that is. Magic, <laughs> Magic the Gathering cards. Charlie's Googling, trying to figure out what some of these things are. I, I have no idea, folks. I, I'm sorry, I have grandkids, but... I don't pay a lot of attention to this stuff. I don't go to the toy aisle and haven't for years. My youngest is, what, 31? 
uh, I, I don't go to the toy aisle uh, much anymore. My wife does for the grandkids, and I let her do all of that because I, I don't. This one's interesting. Number four, over-the-counter medication, pain relievers. This one, Charlie, I don't understand. Stool softeners and laxatives. Do we, have, we have a lot of people going for colonoscopies that are buying under the... Oh, I didn't know that. Opioids dry you up. Ah, uh, I'm okay. Shows you I'm not much of a, uh, I don't have a drug habit. <laughs> I would know. The, yeah, Charlie, why do you know this? <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, okay, here's another one. Pet medication. Is that because humans can take it? Charlie, I'm guessing. Or, oh, could be relaxants. Okay. Okay, makes sense. Okay, well, over-the-counter medication. I, I just learned something. I always learn something new on this show every day, and I just did. Number five. Now, food. Now, this one, okay, I guess if you're trying to feed your family, maybe you steal some things. But, again, I don't think in most cases that's the case. I think a lot of this stuff gets resold. Packaged meat, baby food, deli food, which, by the way, is expensive. Liquor, yeah, booze, okay, yeah, that one I get. And noodle packets. I guess just because you can store them for so long and I guess eat whenever. Number six. <laughs> um, this is not my list. I'm reading this. Intimate items. Pregnancy tests, condoms, and sex toys. I, I, I got nothing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got nothing. I'm speechless. I got nothing. Number seven, apparel and accessories. Underwear, shoes, hats, handbags, and sunglasses. Yeah, those make sense because those are very easily resold. Uh, underwear is very expensive. So are shoes in some cases. Actually, all this are. Hats, bags, sunglasses. Especially. Yeah, Charlie just reminded me that, yeah, high-end, you know, negligees, things like that. High-end underwear, very expensive. So, yeah, they're reselling all of that. Yes, thank you, Charlie. Exactly. Jewelry, makes total sense. Earrings, necklaces, bracelets, and so on. Office supplies. This one's surprising. I guess so they can keep track of what they stole, they need pens, pencils, sticky notes, and paper clips. I guess they have their own little office going on that they got to, you know, they're reselling this stuff, so it makes sense they're buying office supplies for the crap they're selling. I'm laughing, but pretty serious, actually. It's probably why. And it's resellable as well. And then home essentials. This one I did know. Laundry detergent, toilet paper, baby wipes. Laundry detergent especially. I've, I've seen folks go in, literally, I've seen this on recordings, on, on video, They'll go in and load up an entire shopping cart of Tide and leave. Because a jug of detergent, Charlie, is about 30 bucks, right? Isn't a gallon jug about 30 bucks now, I want to say? So they'll go out, resell that stuff, and off they go. So if they, can, you know, if they can fill an entire shopping cart of detergent, softener, and so on, they will. It's extremely expensive, much more than – and by the way, folks, this is another one. I, I didn't have any idea. I really didn't pay any attention and. You know, it's just the two of us, so we don't buy a lot of laundry detergent. Last time I looked, I'm like, holy crap, this stuff's expensive. And yeah, it's like double what it used to be. So the toilet paper one, that one I don't quite get. But I I have known businesses where they have to lock up the extra toilet paper or it will leave. 
It walks out the back door because it's expensive. It's another one of those items that people, you know, when they go spend money on, they'd rather spend it on something else, and toilet paper is expensive. And, of course, baby wipes, you know, speaks for itself. So those are the top ten items that are stolen at a Walmart. So, yeah, be, be careful if you see any of that stuff for sale at a really, really cheap price. Chances are somebody stole it, and they're trying to resell it. So. We'll be right back. Veteran Windows and Doors is next. Don't forget, 40% off windows, doors, front door, back door, screen door, storm doors, you name it. Dave can do it all, and it's free labor to boot through the month of December, so give him a call today. Find him at klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors won't pressure you to sign on the dotted line today to get, quote, the best prices. Owner Dave Bancroft wants you to take your time in making the right choice for your home and believes educating you, the customer, is the number one priority. Other companies just want to pressure you into a sale right now. Dave has seen homeowners with buyer's remorse after working with other high-pressure salesmen. Dave knows all the pitches and sales gimmicks out there. Dave respects you as a homeowner, so he will never pressure you. Veteran Windows and Doors is so confident in their top quality windows and expert installation process, they want you to get three competing bids. Veteran is not afraid to be compared to other companies because they want to do right by you. Don't get pressured into buying windows before you are ready. Work with Veteran Windows and Doors by going to klzradio.com window today. Suck it up, buttercup. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, Charlie informed me that Nido is a stress reliever ball. So Charlie said, yeah, if you're stealing a lot of items, you probably have a lot of stress, so they steal those to help reduce the, the stress from being a thief. I don't know. Again, I, folks, I don't know. I've, I'm not a thief. I don't think like a thief. I mean, I grew up at a time where literally here in Colorado, when I was a young boy, you didn't take the keys out of the car. You pulled up to the store and left them in it. Nobody, nobody thought anything about it. You didn't, you didn't take what wasn't yours. You leave the front door unlocked. It didn't matter. Boy, times, I know I sound old, but times have definitely changed. And yeah, now today, you got to lock up everything, including your stress relief ball, or they'll steal it along with everything else in the store. So, all right, we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Have a great night. Be safe out there. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.